122 family, welcome to Relate, where we're going to have a conversation about our love lives. Today I have Pastor Jovi and his amazing wife Gretchen with me. And here at the Church of 1122, we are a movement for all people to discover and deepen their relationship with Jesus Christ. And over the next 10 weeks, as we study the book of Song of Solomon, which is an incredibly relevant book in the Bible about your love life and like love life. Uh, we are going to get the opportunity each week to dig deeper by asking questions and hearing some thoughts from Pastor Joby and Gretchen and some other friends along the way on all things regarding relationships. My name's Allie, and I'm going to be your host each week, which basically means you get to send in your highly personal, exposing, deep questions, and then I'll be the one to ask them like they're my own. It's going to be awesome, maybe for you guys and me. But in all seriousness, <laughs> I am super excited for this show. So, Pastor Joby and Gretchen, uh, this is the first time we've ever done anything like this. Totally. Tell us what you hope people will get out of this after watching each week. I'm thinking what might, might happen in our time together is that, uh, you know, I mean, I just preached the, the text, and that's primarily a one-way conversation. It's more, of a, it, it's more of a conversation than you realize because I can kind of read people's faces and, you know, expressions, so you are kind of talking back to me, but... You don't necessarily get to just stop, raise your hand, and say, right. I have a specific question about that principle you just laid out, etc. And so maybe this will be an opportunity to put some handles on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, this will be available as long as there's an internet. Yeah. So one of the things that I've found, I don't know if you've ever done this, like you listen to a sermon or a talk or particularly about relationships. And there's sometimes in your life where they're more applicable than others. And so, for instance, in a few weeks, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about how to fight. Well, I'm sure many of you aren't fighting at all right now, and so you think, I don't need that, but there may come a time in your life where that week may not happen the same week that you need it, but six months from now, you could come back and listen to it, and we will have it all recorded. So I think it'll be a very helpful tool for our people, not only to deepen a relationship with Jesus, but deepen a relationship with each other. For sure. And you all have been married how many years? 20 years. 20 years. Years. So that's 10 times the amount I've been married. I've been married just two years. Do you have any advice for so, us? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the biggest expert now. Um, no, I will withhold all advice until at least five years. And I will just say, from my experience with you two, the, my first impression of your marriage was back at Beach Church when 1122 is a service, and Gretchen had just started on the worship team, and you would get up almost every time for your sermon, and you almost had this look of awe, and you wouldn't say anything for a little, and then you would just say, I'm married to her. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I hope I find someone who looks at me the way, like when I'm doing what the Lord has called me to do, the way that you were looking at Gretchen. And so I just thank you for that. And now it's just so fun um, for me to experience that in my own marriage. So I'm excited for the show. It's going to be amazing. Before we dive into anything too exciting, I want to hear from each of you one thing about the other person that you love that maybe no one really knows. Okay. You or me? I'll go. Okay. <laughs> so, so Gretchen is a beast in the gym. Now, it's obvious that she's like in shape, but there's a lot of in shape people, but they just kind of like, you know, eat good and wiggle around or whatever. But I'm talking about <laughs> med ball slams and yes. sprints. And I'm talking, I mean, big sweaty mess, stinky. She doesn't smell super good at all. <laughs> uh, kind of like asparagus. And. <laughs> It is. Like, if I tried to keep up with her, I would die. I would die. And I'm not even saying it's, like, super sexy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it is the intensity at which she works out is, like, holy goodness. So 
it's just been always, always something that I've loved and respected. And yes. I don't know if people know that. So that's the thing. That's the thing, man. <laughs> that's why I don't work out with you. I'm just trying not to be too fat. That's so. what I've decided to. Yours is too <laughs> intense. Well. I was going to say you're very sensitive and you cry a lot. <laughs> that is true. That is amazing. <laughs> this is great. I mean, listen. Not about random stuff. Well, you mostly. sometimes. Like when he watches like a puppy commercial? A cat commercial, definitely not. We not know that cat, to be true. Not a cat commercial. You're sensitive. He's you very sensitive. He's a sensitive guy about things. Just It can be random things. So something just strikes strikes him in a way and... He, typically, it's it makes him think about me or the kids, or you yeah. know, and then he just he loses it. Love that. Do you feel like that's gotten more so as you guys have aged together? Yep. <laughs> yes. He wasn't like that, like when he was. I don't know. Okay. It's he's definitely more sensitive than he was. Man, so like twenty 10 years, years ago. He was having a daughter. Be... That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That True. So Gretchen, we hear all the time. From Pastor Joby on stage, how he stalked you, but like in a cute, like yeah. not super creepy way. Well, maybe. Uh, and took you to Chili's and all the things, but no one has ever gotten to hear your take on your love story. So can you tell us how you met and how you fell in love? Well, I mean, you've said it in many different ways, in many different times. So honestly, I, I mean, just to be frank, I was engaged when we met. Scandalous. Yes, scandalous. <laughs> um, and it was, I was engaged to a guy that I had been with, like my high school sweetheart and through college and just, that's just kind of what you did. You just, but I was never content with it. Um, it was not, I can, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> um, but we met in the gym and yes, he, asked me for a spot and that's all true and I, I didn't think anything about it I just went along my way I was engaged you know and then probably two weeks later three weeks later I, I managed the health club that was like the sister club to that club so I never worked out at that one because I couldn't because people were always on me so I would just go to this one mm. and so I would just show up randomly, and he was there again, and I didn't remember him. And he was like, hey, Gretchen, you remember me? And I was like, love that. What's your <laughs> name again? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what um, I knew I had her. Yeah. Well, yeah. But then, I mean, it, we just talked, and I mean, every now and then we would just talk in the gym and if, talk in the parking lot, and that was about it, you know? And then I, I was going through a rough time in my relationship anyway, and so um, for me, it was just the breaking point was I, I, can't, I can't marry a guy, you know? I just can't, I can't marry a guy if I'm not sure that this is the guy I want to be with for the rest of my life because my mom always said, it's better to be single and want to be married than to be married and want to be single. Mm. <laughs> and so for me... Wow, that Take, write that down. <laughs> right. That's a great quote. Yeah. And um, so anyway, that's a whole, that's that's another episode. <laughs> Broke the engagement off, and then eventually we started hanging out and dating, and 
Um, he took me to Chili's a few times. A few times. Maybe Olive Garden. Ooh, stepping oh, stepping it up. Yeah, stepping it up a little bit. Unlimited. Yeah. You're like, we'll take more salad and breadsticks. <laughs> yeah. Can yeah. I get right. a lemon with my water just like yeah. at home? It was a very short engagement because we both knew he was in a relationship kind of similar to mine before as well. And um, I mean, I think we just knew. We were yeah. like, he said, you be you, I'll be me. And if we, if it clicks, then great. You Love know, that. and that's what we did. I mean, we we just didn't try to hide anything from each other. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. No one needs the games, right? No, no games. Love that. Yep. So, Pastor Joby, you always say to find, be the one your one is looking for. Almost. Right? Is that it? Sort of. Be the one. Be the one the one you're looking for is looking for. Looking for, looking for. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of double I actually things. heard Andy Stanley said it the first time I ever heard it. So Okay. I but now you've said it, it enough times you can claim it. <clears throat> Correct. Okay. So <laughs> what are some of the things that you did way back then, way back then, um, <laughs> that to start to be that godly man that you were trying to be the one your one was looking for? Uh, honestly, I was just, I, fundamentally it comes down to this, is that you be serious about your relationship with Jesus. I mean, that's the first thing in what I just preached, mm-hmm. with, that his name is oil poured out. And that means purified oil. And the only way that you can be pure is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that legitimately was the most important thing in my life. Yeah. And I was not trying to, to like figure out a way to get the girl by changing who I was, you know. And simultaneous to that, I was growing up and just take, taking the responsibility of manhood, mm-hmm. you know, getting my own place and having a job and paying bills and some of those kind of things. Yeah. So I think if you think, the, the problem is if you begin to think, how can I get somebody to be into me? That's very different than mm-hmm. how can I become the person that God has called me to be, run the race he's called me to run, and then occasionally look <laughs> around and see who's running at mm-hmm. the same, not only the same race, but the same pace. And then, like Psalm thirty-four says, let us let us magnify the Lord together. That that's what that mm-hmm. means. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, it's just basic discipleship, man. Just mm-hmm. get to know Jesus and be the person that Jesus has called you to be. And then put yourself in environments that, if you see someone, like you mentioned in your message, if you see someone at the doors that correct you think is attractive and probably loves Jesus, you should sign up to serve. <laughs> Correct. And you see in Song of Solomon, they were both doing that, right? Like mm-hmm. she is like, well, my goat's got to eat somewhere. Maybe I could bring him by the shepherd's tent. <laughs> right. She's like, and he says, you know where the shepherd's tent is. I want to just run him down there. So like I straight stalked, I mean, I stalked Gretchen and I, and we didn't even have Facebook. Like I couldn't figure right. out any, I had to just Impressive keep really a gym bag physical stalking. in my it's truck. It was really hard to stalk back then. <laughs> totally. But at least I was a youth pastor, so I didn't have like a real schedule. True, true. So I could just swing by the gym three, four times a day. Right. Call and discipleship. Then, yes. Totally. And then when I saw the little <laughs> Honda Accord, then I heard French horns and I would go in and <laughs> we would just talk. That's incredible. And yeah. so, Gretchen, in your experience, especially, I mean, what a unique ex- perspective that you were engaged. And so you're, you were going through, there's many layers to that for right. sure. And yeah. so what did you feel like was different about when you started talking to Joby and maybe when you started becoming interested in him, what did you feel like was different about him? He loved Jesus. <laughs> Bottom line. Right. I mean, I could see from the beginning his heart and, um, I'd never really, um, no, I'd never dated a guy who had a heart for Jesus like he did. And so I didn't even realize I grew up a Christian for sure, but not like the deep relationship that he had 
with the Lord. And so he, he just showed that to me from the beginning. And I was like, that doesn't come around very often, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so for me, it was just his heart for Jesus. And he was a stud at the same time. Mm. Of course. So. He was the tank top. He had muscles. The tank top. <laughs> the tank top. Tank top and muscles. <laughs> and the 90210 goatee. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a lot going on. He totally. Sideburns like a biker. Cy- Cyburns and goatee? Well, oh. yeah, 90210. Yeah. And you were into You guys are too young. You're too young for this. Yeah, I'm a little too young for that. (laughs) Google it. Google it. And you were into the sideburns and goatee? Well, I mean, everyone was. (laughs) Really? That was the thing. Time's change. (laughs) It's hard to picture. (laughs) But now it's big beards is the thing, which I think we're going to look back. You just basically connect But that is the thing now. I mean, beards. And we're going to look back in like 10 years. Right. Yeah, I look like a Civil War general, I think. All right, all right. Let's go a little deeper. (laughs) So um, tell us, what is your advice and I think a lot of people can relate to this. We got this question sent in. What is your advice if it feels like your spouse is critical of everything you do? It's like the worst. Uh, we were at the, this prayer breakfast thing, and this guy was talking about relationships, and he said the number one predictor of divorce is contempt. Not how much you argue, not what you argue about, not... There's, of all the things that cause you to be fractured or separated, it is contempt. Now, mm-hmm. the Bible has some pretty strong words about if you live with a critical person, <clears throat> things like um, it's better to live on the corner of a roof than with a nagging wife. It's better to li- mm-hmm. die in the desert than live with a nagging wife. I mean, there's a pretty miserable existence. And God's like, no, seriously, just get your stuff and come with me. We're going on a camping trip. Where are we going to go? You're going to die in the desert and the ravens are going to pluck out your eyeballs. <laughs> but that is going to be better than this. Now, I think if you can get under it a little bit and understand where it's coming from, then you can help solve it. But I will tell you, it, it's, hard, it's hard to be friends with somebody and to love somebody that is just constantly telling you what is wrong with you. Mm. But oftentimes that comes from a good place. See, the man is called to be the leader, to love his wife like Christ loved the church. But right after that in Ephesians 5, it talks about that, that Christ washes his bride in the, in the water of the word to present her as spotless and blameless. So there is this reality that God is supposed to use me as a sanctifying agent in my wife. Well, what most guys do, if it's a guy that is the critical one, what most of us do as we do what Adam did, we abdicate our responsibility in one of two ways. Either we're too afraid to say anything, which is bad. Mm. I mean, think about it. The enemy is talking to Adam's wife, and he says nothing, and he's standing right there. And I think there's a bunch of dudes, and they just don't want to, they're just afraid of their wife, or they're afraid of rocking the boat, so they just don't say anything. And then often what happens, just like Adam He doesn't say anything, doesn't say anything, doesn't say anything. And so that when God shows up and says, what happened? Then he goes to blame. Mm. And so if you live in one of those extremes, that's pretty much misery. Now, if it's a wife that's being critical all the time, again, I think it comes from, I mean, Eve was created to be a helper. Mm. And when when sin happened and God cursed everything, he also cursed the relationship and he says to Eve, your desire will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. That word desire does not mean like I want you. That would be a curse. It means um, like a desire to overthrow. Mm. 
And so oftentimes when wives criticize husbands, they think they're helping. Mm-hmm. But he feels like it's a hostile takeover. And ultimately what every man needs from his wife is he needs to feel like the man. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a believer, every husband that's a believer has a Holy Spirit. We don't need our wives to be the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. for us and tell us everything we do wrong. Now that doesn't mean that God doesn't use us. I mean, think about this, okay? Leave the marriage part out of it. If you were just friends with somebody, hopefully you'd be good enough friends with that person and you would have the kind of relationship where you could speak into each other's lives and it wouldn't come across like a critical heart towards one another. And you would want friends to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, how much more do you want your spouse to do that? But you've got to do it in such a way that the person hearing it can receive it. So it's got to be super gentle. Timing matters. And then ultimately, one of the questions you've got to ask if you're criticizing your spouse, is it just your personal preferences or you're talking about a precept of God? Because if they just do stuff that gets on your nerves, suck it up. Change your nerves. I mean, the Bible says love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love never fails. So, and, and I promise you, it just never works either. Mm. No one's ever criticized anyone into personal growth and change and a deep and abiding relationship. All you do is just nag that thing to death. Yeah. Gretchen, can you talk to us a little bit about from the women's perspective or a wife's perspective? I mean, sometimes it, if it builds up or you've been thinking about it for a while, you know, you just there's things mm-hmm. you want to say. Do you have any advice for wives in helping to practice supporting you are the man and not maybe criticizing. Yeah. Well, I mean, just for that question in general that was asked, I think there's uh, there's got to be an underlying issue there that that needs to be addressed and they need to dig deeper in there. Mm-hmm. Like what why is why is the spouse criticizing all the time? Like what is the reason behind it? Like is there is there um is there a grudge being held or is there um, something that happened in the past that has not been resolved um, is there bitterness toward the spouse there's all there's got to be sure. something in there is it the way that they were raised and that's all they know to do that they saw their mother or father doing that you know there's just an underlying issue that probably needs to be addressed um, but to be the, the the supportive wife and not the nagging wife can be difficult because there's, there is this inner thing that, you know, to overthrow or, you know, to mm-hmm. overthrow and to take control and to, to submit and let our husbands lead can be really hard for some women. It really can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, honestly, I would say communication is the first thing. You have to communicate with what, what each other's um, desires are mm-hmm. for each other. You know, um, not so much expectations, but desires. Like what, what I want out of this is for, for, for you to do this. Or what I don't like is this. Or this makes me feel this way. And it just all comes down to communication. But it's really for, for a woman to, um, to support the husband and not be the criticizing wife. It just comes down to love, communication, respect. It's um, good. Bottom line. Gretchen will often ask me, and, and categories matter too. Like if Gretchen wants to criticize what I'm wearing, 
please. I don't. She's like, can I tell you something about your outfit? I'm like, I don't wear outfits. I'm a man. I have clothes. What's wrong? And she's like, that's not, that doesn't work. Working. Right. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Right. But honestly, I mean, it's a weird thing. I'm like, with the preaching and the, all the, I mean, I'm in front of way too many people. A lot of outfits. Tons. A lot of clothes. Well, Right. And I don't care. You'd be amazed how little yeah. I care. Right. So I've invited her into that area of my life. Please, yeah. I just don't want to look dumb. I'm not trying to look cool. I just don't want to look dumb. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then there are other times where she she will just say, can I share an opinion about church? And then I get to say, and honestly, it just kind of, sometimes it depends on timing or mm-hmm. my mood or do I feel like I have the emotional energy to hear this right now? Right. And then and then honestly, timing is a big deal too. As little as I do not want to hear about a sermon improvement on yeah. Thursday night. That mm-hmm. is off limits. Because yep. we've got till Sunday. Sure. But please don't let me look dumb before Sunday. Right. So on Saturday, <laughs> we'll bring this thing back right. up. Does that make sense? So For sure. yeah. um and, and I think I think you should negotiate those things. And there's some things and it's just like, hey, please tell me these. And other things, um, I would appreciate it if you asked me if you could share these kind of criticisms. You know? I think that's so. a great tool for everyone at home to yeah. ask if you can get if you can enter into this category mm-hmm. right. right now, if right. this is the right time. Right. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so bringing us out of that heavy topic, um, which this is still relevant to many of our men. It seems as though girls never go for the nice guy. And so how do you be a godly man without getting friend-zoned? People need to know this. All the single men at home are asking this question. (laughs) First thing I would say, who told you to be nice? Nice has no place in the kingdom of God. We are supposed to be kind and gentle. We are supposed to know the difference between when to be tough, and there's a time to be tough, and when to be tender, for sure, we're supposed to provide shade of the apple tree, all of those things. That has nothing to do with being nice. The Bible says from the days of John the Baptist until today, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men take hold of it. Mm. That it takes forceful men and women to accomplish the great commission. That's good. But the, pro- the, the underlying part of that question is, should I try to change who I am in order to get a date? No way, man. Because then you'll never be you Mm. to keep her. So just be the you God created you to be. And if you're a nice guy, join a disciple group with a bunch of grown men (laughs) and get after the Great Commission. Go on some serious mission trips to places where nice things don't happen. Volunteer in one of our ministries here where we're like pulling women out of sex trafficking and things. Ain't nothing nice about being a Christian. Now, kindness and gentleness for sure. I don't think Jesus was nice. He called the Pharisees brood of vipers, mm. flipped over tables. And yet, when it was time to be tender, he looked at people and said, who's condemns you? Neither do I condemn you. That's different That's than, than being a nice guy. Yeah. But Even Greg's went a, for the nice guy. Look how nice I am. <laughs> <laughs> he loved Jesus, but he was not the nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, I think even as a woman, I don't want to be described as nice. I don't think nice is biblical under for anyone. It's just kind of weird. Bland. But yeah. I, I, but yeah. yeah, what they're getting at is, you know, how do I, how yeah. do I be yeah. a godly man? And you can't blame if a girl doesn't like you. You can't blame it on Jesus. It's good. It's good. So <laughs> that's like a whole sermon, right? You that do. is. <laughs> Don't blame it on Jesus. So yeah, if you're getting friend zoned, there's a reason, and just don't look too deep into it. Yeah. Like maybe 
she's not the one. Yeah. Just go on. Don't dwell in it. It's good. Well, you guys, we are out of time for today. I feel like we could talk about this for hours, but we, next time we're together, we'll be talking about what it means to be a godly woman, which I know Gretchen will have all the insight for us on that. Um, and thank you for those of you at home for joining us today. What a privilege to hear from Pastor Joby and Gretchen. Thank you so much. And next week, I hope you'll join us. We will have our dear friend, Pastor Ryan Kwan, come to talk to us about singleness, which will be awesome. Uh, if you heard anything today and you are like, I have a question about one of the Future Week topics, we would love for you to send in your questions. You can go to coe22.com slash Song of Solomon and fill out the form there. Don't be shy, church. We're so excited for what God has for us, and we'll see you soon.